Father God, we give you praise and we thank you for today. We thank you for the privilege of gathering in your presence to worship you and to be taught, O oh God, by you, through your spirit, O oh God, teach us the mysteries of the kingdom. Teach us, O oh God, how to order our footsteps. Teach us, O oh God, how to hear your voice. Teach us, O oh God, how to walk in this world. Teach us how to recognize the works of Satan. How, O oh Father, not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. Father, we ask for forgiveness of our sins. Sins that we have committed. Things that we have said. Thoughts, O oh God, that are not pleasing to you. And let your word, O oh God, fall on fertile ground, which is our hearts. Ground that is tilled. Ground, oh God, that is not fallow. That your seed may germinate. That your seed, oh God, will not fall on dry ground. So the devil can come and pick it up. But will fall on the good soil of our hearts. That they may bear fruit 30 fold, 60 fold, and 100 fold, according to our faith and according to how we put them to practice. We thank you, O Lord, and bless your holy name in the matchless name, the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Today I, I will be teaching uh, something that is very pertinent to the life of the Christian. But first, I want us to read some scripture. Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18. I know you already know what we are going to read about. Hallelujah. I am sure you can guess at the very least. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 18. And the word of God tells us this. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. 
And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The second is from Matthew chapter 10. In this particular instance, Jesus was sending out the 12 disciples to go out. In verse 8, in fact, I'll read it from verse 7. It says, when he told them, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Hallelujah. I want to talk about casting out demons. Each time that Jesus sent out disciples, and indeed when he gave that great commission in Mark chapter 16, casting out demons was one of the elements that the Christians or the disciples were supposed to do. What it means is that casting out demons is a very integral part of the Christian's life. Once you decide that you are going to obey what Jesus said we should do, then casting out demons should be an ability that you demonstrate. Hallelujah. It is part of what we do. Why is it important? Why can't I just go and preach the gospel and leave? If someone is possessed by the devil or by demons, then it is imperative that we clean them of the demons before we leave. Otherwise, the demons will continue to work in their lives. Many of us are fairly ignorant of what to do or what all this demonic or demon casting is about. As a church that has been called to evangelize, I find it necessary to highlight certain things concerning this issue. We are involved in a spiritual exercise. What we do is spiritual. It is not physical. It is not material. That is why Paul emphasized that we fight. We are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. He goes on to say spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. They are wicked and they seek to destroy the lives of many. And Christians are not left out of this attempt to destroy lives. But if 
we are aware of how they operate, then we can do something about it. There are various examples in the Bible and we would use some that Jesus himself did. Now remember that if Jesus tells us, go out and do various things, including casting out demons, it means he knows that we can do it. He will not send us out to do something he knows we cannot do. So we can be confident in the fact that we have the ability to cast out demons. When we finish talking about casting out demons, then we can talk about healing the sick. Hallelujah. I'll use as an example one that is found in Mark chapter 5. It's in the synoptic gospels, but I'll use the account in Mark. In Mark chapter 5, we have a recounting of an incident concerning a demoniac. We are told that Jesus and his disciples had crossed over the sea to the land of the Gadarenes. When they got out of the boat, we are told that immediately a man came to meet him and the man had an unclean spirit. It is an unclean spirit. That is the spirit that was in the man. You can have an unclean spirit. You can have a spirit of infirmity. You can have all kinds of spirit inhabiting a person. In Mark chapter 1 verse 23, for example, we came across a man who was in the synagogue and had an unclean spirit. He was in church, but he was demon-possessed with an unclean spirit. We also came across a woman in a synagogue in Luke chapter 13 verse 11 where this woman had a spirit of infirmity. In other places in the Bible, we come across various people with various kinds of demon possession. Now this man that came to meet Jesus when he came out of the boat, who had an unclean spirit. How was that identifiable? An unclean spirit is someone who would have the demon of lust uh, and all kinds of other sexual demonic uh, presence in him. So they would speak. When they speak, they will be swearing and shouting and talking profanity. Their actions will also evidence the presence of that kind of inclination. Hallelujah. Other um, demonic presence show themselves in different ways. For example, the woman with a spirit of infirmity was doubled over and could not stand. It was evident that he was not right in his mind. Let us understand 
that there are degrees of demon possession. There was this man in the synagogue who had unclean spirit, but this one also had the same spirit, but at a higher level. Because of the level of possession, he lived in the tombs. And all night and all day, he would be crying and shouting things and cutting himself with, with rocks and hurting himself. Most likely, he would be shouting profanities and abuse and, of course, was in pain. Because remember that even when a person is mad, they are not always mad. In certain instances, they are able to perceive things. When you go to Kasua, for example, and you see a madman, they don't cross the road by heart. They watch before they cross. They don't want to be killed. They have some presence of mind. But they are so oppressed by these demons that they are not able to control. They have lost control of their lives. The essential aspects of their lives are under bondage of demons. Who wants to live in the tombs? Anybody in his right mind will not do that. His situation, his condition was so advanced that even when they chained him, because you know he had a family, he had brothers, he had sisters, he had parents. Even when they chained him, the Bible says he just tore the chains as if they were nothing. The shackles could not hold him. The chains could not hold him. He had such strength, supernatural strength, that he could just tear it apart. Hallelujah. That was the condition of the man. It must have been a pitiful sight. Chain marks, shackle marks, wounds made with his own hands, with stones, sharp stones, cut himself all over. That is how demons work. They come to destroy a person's life. They come to kill. They come to steal your prosperity, your future from you. That is why Jesus said when we go out, we should cast out demons. You see, demons come and go. They can be in, come inside and go at will. But any time they go out, they go and walk around. When they walk around, they get thirsty and tired. They decide, look, I'm going back to my house. But they are such that they do not go back alone. After they've come and seen how clean the house is, which is the body they want to come back into, they go and invite other demons stronger than themselves. They tell them, come, come to my party, come to my house. I have a house. It is clean and nice and beautiful. And they come. And now the condition is worse than it was before. 
And as this goes on over time, you can imagine how many demons that, that are invited. Therefore, over time, the person's situation becomes worse. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 13, we will not read it. Jesus described this phenomenon. You can read all these scriptures when you go home. But this demoniac ran to Jesus Christ. When he got to Jesus Christ, he bowed down and worshipped him. And cried out. The Bible says with a loud voice, he said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. There was something in this man that recognized Jesus Christ and therefore as soon as Jesus came out of the boat, ran to Jesus. But suddenly, the presence of Jesus Christ disturbed the demons. They became agitated because there was something in Jesus Christ. That made them realize that something more powerful than they had come. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in you because of the Holy Ghost. Because it is by the Holy Ghost that Jesus cast out demons when he was on earth. That is why he said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God then know that the kingdom of God is near you. Beloved, understand that there is one spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus Christ is the same spirit that is in you. There is no other spirit but one, the Holy Ghost. He is in you. He is in you. And we shall look and how we can develop the presence of the Holy Spirit so that demons would be agitated when we come close to them. But there was something that agitated the, the unclean spirits. They started talking because Jesus had commanded them to come out of the man. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in verse 8 of chapter 5 that Jesus had said to him, Come out of the man and clean spirit. So they started begging. They knew that Jesus had the power to cast them out. They started begging. They asked Jesus Christ not to send them out of the country. And they saw some... Uh, some pigs. They asked him to let them go in there, cast them out into the pigs. So Jesus said, okay, go. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in recounting the incident that they went and entered the pig. Immediately, the pig or the swine 
ran down the mountain into the sea and drowned. We are told that there were about 2,000 pigs. When Jesus asked the name of the demon, they said we are called legion. Now, each of those 2,000 went down the hill into the water. It means there were at least 2,000 demons in that man. I suspect that there were more because some of the pigs got more than one demon and so they could not stand it. They had to run into the sea. Imagine this one man with all these demons. They were tearing him apart. They were suppressing him. Probably fighting within him. Causing his mind to be deranged. Can you imagine it? Do you know what demons do? You see, demons are spirits. They are spirits. We cannot see them. But they exist. For a demon to express itself, it needs a body. So if it is a demon of lust, for it to express itself, it needs a human being. So you'll find some people who have the propensity to chase women or men. Constantly wanting to be with a man or a woman. Constantly wanting to be involved in sex. That is how they express themselves because as spirits, they cannot really express themselves. They cannot relate to this physical world. And they like to relate to this physical world. So they need a body and anybody who wants or makes him or herself available becomes a victim. And when they come in, it is pitiful. You will find yourself doing things that you do not want to do. After you have done, after you have indulged in that activity, you begin to regret with such great remorse. You vow to yourself you will never do it again. That is the last time. But before you know it, you are doing it again. If that kind of thing happens to a person, then the person must know that there is a high probability that they are under the influence of a demon. So demons are constantly looking for somebody. They are always looking for a home because they are spirit. As I have said many times in this church, we are also spirit. But we live in a home which is our body. Hallelujah. We are spirit with souls living in a body. These our bodies are our home. But the demons do not have a body. How come they do not have a body? Yeah. Where do the demons come from? It is not clearly stated in the Bible. But when you read extra biblical text, 
you will find that they are a product of the children that were born to angels and human women during the antediluvian period before the flood. When they died during the flood, because they were an abomination, they could not go to heaven. So they roamed the earth. And of course, a spirit that is roaming the earth, they survived the flood. And of course, the beings in the sea, such as happened with the hybriding of fish and of these demonic forces, survived also because they were in the water. That is why you have the mermaids, for example. There was a lot of experimentation during the antediluvian time before the flood. They were very advanced. But the Darwinian theory will make us believe that civilization started only a few years ago. But if you looked at historical findings, if you look at the artifacts, the buildings that were before the flood, you realize that they were even more advanced than we are today. There were all kinds of constructions. Even the stones that were used were so big that you wondered how they were put in place to put up those buildings. It is told that giants were born to the angels and the women that they came to have birth with. Men 35 feet tall. Now, from this floor to the ceiling, it's about 10 feet. So you're talking about three times this building. They were big. And they were intelligent. They were being taught by the angels. That is why the Bible says the whole earth. You see, things had become so rough. They were killing because they liked to eat flesh and drink blood. They were experimenting with human beings and animals. So if you see some pictures, you find half horse, half man. All those things that we say are fables, they are true. At some point, God said all man had become corrupted. So I'll wipe them off. God wiped the earth clean because of what was happening in the world as a result of the incursion of angels into the earth to sleep with women. Wickedness had filled the earth and God decided to bring the flood. When you go to all over the world, as a matter of fact, you see these artifacts. Some are still under the sea. In Southern America, they are there. In parts of Asia, they are there. The buildings that they put up are still standing. That is why the Bible says, as was in the days of Noah, that is how it will be when the Son of Man comes. History is one composite event. Things are related to each other. Things are not happening haphazardly. They are following a carefully devised plan. Satan tried, I have said many times again, to destroy the bloodline that will bring about the Messiah. But he could not succeed 
with his transhuman experiments. Hallelujah. God is still in control of history. And one day, it will all come together. When demons come into a man, they destroy the man. When demons come into a man, they oppress the man. When demons come into a family, they destroy the family. When a demon enters one person, it begins to work within the family. Hallelujah. They curtail the advancement of families. Not only of families, but of individuals. That is why it is important for us to cast them out. Because they are wicked spirits. Controlled by the principalities and powers. Demons are the lowest level of spiritual wickedness. They are the ones that are on earth. And they follow individuals. Waiting for an opportunity to enter. That is why Paul said... Do not give any room to the devil. He says resist the devil and he will flee. Constantly, as I said, they are looking for bodies to express themselves. They are constantly bringing temptation your way or our way. As soon as, as they put it, you lose God a little, they will enter. Watch and pray. That you fall not into temptation. For we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. We should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. That is why I am teaching about this thing. Because if we are aware, then we are able to resist. Hallelujah. How do demons enter people? You know, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10 verse 38... He says, now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So in addition to demons possessing and inhabiting a person, the devil also brings sicknesses. What does he want to do? He oppresses those that he gets. He holds them down. He keeps them down. They are not able to rise and be free. How does he do that? By exercising spiritual power over them. So for us to be free, for people we want to set free to be free, there must be a greater power. A power that is greater than the devil's power. A power that can command and demand and rebuke demons and tell them to go. That power is in Jesus Christ. When we become born again, we are given the Holy Spirit of God. He comes to live in us. In addition to our spirit being born again, we get the Holy Spirit himself coming to live in us. Hallelujah. And that power that comes from on high is what we use to stop the works of the devil, to stop his oppressions, to stop his imprisonment. 
The Bible says greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Greater is God that is in you than the devil and the demons that are in the world. Therefore you are able by the power of the Holy Ghost to cast out demons. Hallelujah. You therefore do not need to be afraid of them because it is fear that stops us from casting them out. It is fear that stops us from healing people. How can I? How can I pray for you to be healed? How can I cast out demons? By the Holy Spirit. God is in you. Understand this fact. That God is in you. By the Holy Spirit. God himself is seated in his throne. Jesus is by his side in heaven. But by the Holy Spirit. They live in you. We cannot finish this uh, today because I need to tell you how they come in and then how you can command them out so that you have the power to shake the demons out of your family, to set your family free from bondage and from poverty and from sickness and from all kinds of disease. You must be able to take authority in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Ghost to set yourself and your marriage free. You must be able to set your destiny free. Because when God made you, he made you beautiful. He has plans for you, plans of welfare, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. He did not give birth to you so that you be poor and wanting all your life. So that you be sick all your life. He called you unto his, himself to have power. To move forward. To overcome the enemy. That is your God. The Lord our God has given us power. He says to trample upon scorpions and upon serpents. Those represent demons and Satan. Jesus said, I have given you power to trample. To trample means to mash them under your feet. And then he asked that nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. 